Good morning, good morning, good morning. How y'all doing this morning? Is this thing on? Because I can't hear nothing. Can you hear me? We up. All right. Good morning. Man, come on. What a good weekend. What a good Friday. What a good Saturday. If y'all missed it, y'all just missed it. Because it was thicker than peanut butter in this place. Man, I'm telling you, if you've never been to the Dead Sea, it's you, 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 can't, you can't dive underwater. It's so thick. Well, that's how thick it was. It's impossible to, to, to dive deep in the, in, the, in the Dead Sea. It's just so full of salt. You just get out there and you can just sit like a recliner in the thing. It's beautiful, beautiful place to be, knowing that's how the love of God is. Man, it's just thick. It's just thick this morning. And so, man, I was, I was between Friday night and Saturday, and Lord has just been, been all over. It been all over everybody. It was just a great time. But I want to read this morning Isaiah 55. It says, hey, all who are thirsty, come to the water. You who have no money, come buy and eat. I want to ask you this morning, how are you going to buy something if you ain't got no money? But it says to buy and eat. But it says you ain't got no money. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without cost. It says why pay money for something that will not nourish you? Why spend your hand hard-earned money on something that will not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is nourishing. Enjoy the fine food. And I was immediately taken to Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. And I'm knocking and I'm knocking and I'm knocking. He says, And if you will answer that door, I will come in and I will eat with you. And I was taken right back. He says, hey, all who are thirsty, come to the water. The water's not coming to you. You got to get to the water. Man, I'm telling you, the water is flowing this morning. The water is here. There's one thing about the water. There's one thing about the water. Without the water, there is no life. How long can you go without drinking? Now, you can go a while without eating, but you can't go very long without drinking. You'll die quickly in a painful way. You feeling me this morning? Are you catching what God is saying to you this morning? Come to the waters. Get in the waters. It is on you to engage with God this morning. God is here knocking on the door of your heart. But get it out of your head, drop it about 12 inches, let it sink into your soul, and understand what God is wanting to do for you this morning. And that is to love on you. That is to bless you. To show you the deep things of God. Open up to it. Let the waters flow through your soul this morning. Jesus, we love you. We welcome you in this morning. Yes. 
come, Holy Ghost, and flow. Let the waters flow from heaven. Jesus, be with us this morning. Bless us as we love you. Bless us as we lift your name. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, there is none like you. You are the only one that we want to worship this morning because you are worthy. You are worthy, God. Come on, Jesus. Let us love you this morning. Hallelujah. Amen.
as a, a company of believers, as a body of believers, we're here for you, Jesus. And we ask, Father, that you come and you visit us today, that you visit us with your presence, with your glory, that you visit us, Father, with miracles, signs, and wonders today, Jesus. Because you are so good, Father. We lift you up, Jesus.
Come, holy one, come, holy, come, holy. Come, beautiful one. Come, beautiful one. Come, beautiful one. Welcome, we welcome you. We welcome the fresh drink of water. We welcome the pouring out of the living water. Thirsty, we're thirsty, Abba. We're thirsty, we're thirsty. We're a thirsty people. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of our God. There is a fountain whose streams make glad the city of our God. Came and it healed me, and it came and refreshed me. Oh, it came and it washed my sins away. 
They came and healed me. He came and refreshed me. He came and washed my sin away. And I will rejoice. And I will rejoice. And be glad. Oh, and I will rejoice. And I will rejoice and be glad. Come on, let's rejoice, let's rejoice. Let's rejoice and be glad in Him. Let's rejoice and be glad. And I will rejoice. And I will rejoice and be glad. Somebody rejoice. I'm gonna rejoice. I'm gonna rejoice. I'm rejoicing. Refreshing wind, refreshing wave, refreshing wind. 
sing about joy. It's easy to sing about being refreshed, but you got to believe it in your heart. You got to understand that life goes on and things happen in life. And there's people that walk in here every single Sunday and they're hurting because of things that happen in life. And, and he says it's refreshing and he can bring joy and he can bring peace. He can bring it all when you cry out to him. Okay, but you got to lift him up. You got to cry. You got to believe enough to say, Lord, I need it today. I need to, I need to surrender to you today. I need to give it all to you today. Okay, so that's what I think the problem is this morning. Because, you know, it, I can just feel there's a heaviness because I think people, I, I did, I'll be honest. I woke up and I had a heavy heart. And I needed the Lord to, to, to bring joy to my heart this morning. And it didn't happen because I sat around and I weeped. It didn't happen because I just sat there and said, woe is me. Things are happening in this world. It happened because I got up. And I cranked some worship music. And I started crying out to him. And I said, Lord, I need all of you this morning. So it's not going to change until you cry out to him. So this morning, let's cry out to him. Let's go back into that. I want to rejoice this morning. So let's go back into that. And let's cry out like we need to cry out this morning. If you need joy in your life, if you need renewal in your life, refreshing in your life, come on, let's cry out.
about chains of depression, chains of anxiety, chains of fear on your life, financial chains. We're talking about marriage, changes in relationships, the chains that lock you down from communication. All those chains are being broken by what? By his name. When we cry out in his name, we can break them all. That's what we're crying out to. That's what it's about. So when you're dealing with those things, when you're struggling with stuff in your life, you don't need some big lengthy prayer. You don't need to, to find room for that in your life and and lock yourself in a closet for three days. You just need to cry out to Jesus. You just need to, to activate that authority in your life and allow him to do what he can do. Let him do what he can do. Miss Judith, you said you had a word? Come on up. Oh, come on. Hey, we're going all in today, so 
I love it. Come on. Miss Judith's going to bring us a word this morning. Let's lift them up one more time this morning. Can we get excited in the house? No, come on, let's give them what a king deserves in the house. And let's let everybody know that Destiny Church is crying out this morning. <laughs> yes! That's a battle cry right there. That's what I like. That's a battle cry. Come on. Woo! Do me a favor. Spend some time. Say hello to somebody you hadn't seen yet. We'll be right back.
All right, all right, all right. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, yes, find your seats. Taking liberty in this stuff. But it's hanging out all over the house. That's awesome. It's okay. Take your time. Find your seats. It's going to be good. You just can't stop family, you know? That's, that's what I love. And we get a family gathering like this, and you just everybody's just catching up. Like, it's been, it's been a whole couple days since I've seen you. What's been happening? <laughs> so like we're finally seeing each other in church again. Let's talk. So come on. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> well, if you're new here, uh, I am DJ along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. But, man, we love our family. We love you guys. Uh, my wife is not here this morning. So, uh, she, you know, I tell you, if you don't realize, we do a lot of disinfecting around here. And we've had this big old gathering this weekend. And, and she was in here spraying all the seats and spraying stuff and everywhere. And she woke up with a headache. And she was like, ah. Uh. And she has asthma anyway. And she was sniffling. And I'm like, okay, baby, you just stay home. Because um, everybody's going to try to hug you. And, and we don't want people, you know, hugging people that are sniffling. That's just the way it works. So if you're sniffling, don't come to church. You got to pass this week. Go home and pray. Um, but, man, we love you guys, and we're so thankful for everybody being here. If you are new, do me a favor. We have a Connect card. Uh, that Connect card is going to give us information about you. It lets us know. We're really good at identifying new people. Uh, we have some people that that's their gift. So they just go and tag people, and they're like, you're new here. I can see you. And fill that out. If you fill that card out, it just gives us an opportunity to pray for you, to love on you. We reach out to you and just let you know, hey, uh, you matter because you were here, and that's all that matters. So we just want to reach out to you and say hello. Uh, answer any questions you have about the church or, or anything like that. So we're not going to hassle you. Uh, but if you are new and you want to know everything about Destiny Church, we do have our app. You can download our app at Tithely. Um, so you can just scan that little code up there, and there's, they're all over the church. If you can find one, go ahead and scan that. That'll download the app on your, your phone, and then you can check us out that way. Or you can go online and look us up uh, at destinychurch.al, destinychurch.al. There's all kinds of information out there. A few very important things I want to talk about coming up, just a few. First off is our small groups are kicking back off for the fall. Come on, who's excited about that? We get to start doing doing life together again. We take the the summertime off uh, to give everybody goes on vacation and does things. We actually still had some small groups meeting, which is awesome. So you don't have to s stop them, but we also give that allows us to give the the teachers that teach the small group and those families a break. You know, so you have people in your house all the time or at the church all the time. So everybody needs a little break. Uh, but we're kicking those back up. In fact, uh, next week is our training day. So if you want to host a group. If you want to be a small group leader uh, this next semester, which starts in the fall, which is coming up right in September, do me a favor. Be here next Sunday right after church. We're going to do a training. That's going to allow us to teach you the, the computer system and how to track stuff and introduce you to Rich and Ann, our small group leaders. Come on, we love you guys. They're doing an awesome job. So, uh, But they're going to walk us through stuff and just talk to you about things. So if God's put it on your heart to lead a group, look, it's time to get out of the seat and lead the group. Okay, quit sitting on that and saying, well, next time. Next. No, this time is next time. All right? Don't wait any longer. There, it, it's amazing when you get to see what God wants to do through you in a small group. And, and sometimes you're like, yeah, but what if there's only one or two people? That means God put one or two people in your path. And those one or two people need to hear what you have to say. They need to hear your story. They need to understand what's going on in your life. And that's going to help them because you're going to get to share with them what got you through whatever or whatever you're doing. And it's not just those kind of small groups. It's gaming. It's anything. 
Uh, we, we have all kinds of fun small groups. It's just getting people together in your home. So sign up for that. Our rally day is going to be the 29th. So here on the 29th when you come in, we're going to have tables set up, and you're going to get to read about small groups and sign up for small groups, and you'll be able to sign up online and all that good stuff. You guys good with that? All right. Now let's talk about some fun stuff. Uh, on the 29th, that same day, um, not only are our kids kind of taking over the church that day, it's going to be awesome. So I'm kind of preparing you. The next generation, this generation, they're going to be kind of doing a lot of stuff, and I'm excited over that. Uh, but we are actually meeting that evening. Uh, from 5 to 7.30, we have rented out the YMCA in Prattville. So we're doing a family day at the YMCA. So come on out. we got, uh, you know, uh, the leadership and some other guys that, that want to play basketball with us. We're going to beat down the teens. So I'm just saying girls too so uh, we don't get we'll take everybody so it doesn't i didn't i don't mean it gender specific if you like to play ball or you just want to have fun come on out because we're gonna we're gonna whoop up on some people i'm just dropping the mic right there the challenge is on you better bring it i'm about ready to i'll play you in my boots so so don't think about it but hey we're gonna have pizza out there it's gonna be fun uh, and we're bring your swimsuit. They're going to be swimming. We have the pools and the, the gym and all kinds of stuff. So just an opportunity uh, to come out and do life as a family. Uh, and then we have on the 4th, this is a Labor Day weekend, we have praise in the park. So we're going down to Pratt Park. Our worship team is going to be there. We're joining up with other churches in the area. See, that's how we do this thing. We start getting braided together with other churches, and we're going to start doing something. It's called praise in the park. So we're going to go down in Pratt Park. Uh, we're going to have several different speakers. I'll be speaking, other speakers in the area. We've got other worship teams in the area coming together. And from 3 till dark, we're going to be bringing it out there, introducing people to Jesus. We're going to be handing out stuff. There's going to be food. It's going to be a blast. If you want to help with that, come get a hold of us here at the church. But, man, it's going to be an awesome opportunity. So come on out and support your church as we just, look, we have to reach the community. This is just one way. This is one way we're going to do it. We're going to get out and share his love because that's who we are. Our culture's love here. We're going to go love on people. So, uh, so let's do that uh, on the 4th, which is Labor Day weekend. So you guys excited about that? Come on. I'm excited. I, I, I'm really excited. It's, it's fun out there. I love being outside preaching because, like Bo was saying this weekend, you just start sweating. It's like holy sweat. It's going to be horrible out there. <laughs> just letting you know it's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. But, man, I'm, I'm excited. Um, we have had a beautiful weekend here. Uh, if you have not been part of that, I am sorry, but it started on Friday night, and we went into just worship all night long, and then all Saturday morning we were worshiping. So this, this, this sanctuary has been saturated so that you could come in today and sit in his presence and feel what the Holy Ghost has been doing in our house. And it's so important that we do that as a family. It's so important that we get to experience stuff like that. We grow, the team that came in from from worship life they did an awesome job but i'm not going to get into that because because brother bo's probably going to speak on some stuff so i'm going to leave that alone i just want to thank everybody here for we hosted that and i appreciate each and every person here that helped out with that that that, that whether they opened their house to let people come stay with them or they helped set up and made food and all the stuff to happen this weekend i thank you for being part of that we love you guys um and that's what makes us an awesome family right there is that, that we get to come together and do things like that so look i, I I'm, I got to turn the mic over, so I could talk all day, and uh, I'll save it for next week. I'll talk all day next week, and uh, I'm going to turn it over uh, to Papa Bo. He's in the house. He's going to come and share a word this morning. Yeah, I've got to calm it down for you, brother. Thank you. Hallelujah. 
like my mama said. <laughs> yes, please. Looks like the wrong one. Oh, that I could do it that way too, huh? That makes sense. Huh. I don't have to reconfigure the whole machine. <laughs> Just turn it around. Uh, John chapter 7, y'all. Good morning, everybody. Super excited to be with y'all. Haven't been in this position with you guys for a minute. And uh, very, very excited about it. It's been an awesome weekend. We really have been blessed. And... Uh, those monitors or are, are, are something it's got me echoing. I don't know if it's a house or just the monitors. Um, I do, me and Rachel also want to say thank y'all to everybody who, who helped us do the gathering with the Company of Believers. There's too many names for me because I'll forget somebody and I don't want to do that. So thank you as a whole. Uh, we're just grateful that y'all believe in us what God's asking us to do and that you willingly are wanting to be a part of that and giving time, money, effort, care. We're just grateful. We really are. We don't feel like we deserve that, but we sure do appreciate it. And uh, we love y'all and just thank y'all as a church. DJ and Jules, thank y'all. Everybody else who did participate, thank y'all. It was an awesome time. It was overwhelming, the presence of God, and the reports just keep coming in of what God did to people individually, corporately. Um, Friday night was just, man, God just gripped my heart and just was just squeezing it to it, just thought it was going to bust. And that's a wonderful thing. Um, thank you to everybody. We have friends of ours here for... First of all, I got some friends of mine from high school, 40 years. We've known each other. We were just talking. They're visiting. I got friends that come down from Illinois and South Carolina, Pennsylvania, that stayed over from the weekend, y'all. So, you know, it's God's touching people's hearts and what God's doing here among us in this house and in, in just in our family in general. It's resonating with people across the world. And, you know, some of you just can't see that, and I'm sorry. But that's not because it's not happening. It is. And, and we need God to give us eyes to see, and we need the Holy Ghost to open, open our understanding so we can value what's being given to us in this house, in, in our family as whole, as a corporate body in Christ at this moment. Because we need to know how to respond properly. If you don't know what's going on, you don't know how to respond properly. And you will undervalue the very thing that God's trying to gift you. And that, that's, that's not what we need to do. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to read in, in, in John chapter 7. I, I'm probably not going to talk very long unless I do. Just as much as the worship team didn't have a set list, I don't have a word from the Lord in the way of a sermon. And, you know, I, I, that's normally not the case. I usually have several things that God has for me to speak, and I have to hear him on which one it is when I stand up in these positions. 
and uh, but that's okay. I, I do got a couple things I want to share. Yesterday we were in my house, just kind of an after party, just chilling out, visiting, eating, and, and we were just hee hawing back and forth. And uh, I'm gonna read this verse, and then I'll finish that. In in chapter seven, verse thirty-seven. You find Jesus, and we're going to find him in, in, the, in the temple of God. And it says in verse 37, On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. <coughs> he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, will flow rivers of living water. On the last great day of the feast, on the last day and the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Now, I just try to think about the situation that Jesus is in the middle of at that particular moment in time. Um, I, I've read a lot about these these feasts and what they look like, and there's a lot of writings out of the Jew, Jewish oral tradition that believe that supernatural things happened when it was the time of the feast. Some of the oral traditions teach that that on these days, like especially this day, there would be a capacity of humans inside of the temple that was way beyond the physical capabilities to contain them. Thousands and thousands and thousands of, of, above the ability of the physical structure to actually contain. And there would be enough room in there for them to prostrate. So th this is not just like a normal church service. This is not just like a few people coming in to do their thing. You, there, there is thousands of people present at this moment. And, and Jesus, he is the Lamb of God and he's standing there. And let me put this up. Just hold on one second, y'all. That's what I was looking for. Does that make y'all uncomfortable? Because it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'm determined to break every one of your molds that you've set on what this is supposed to be. Right. And I wasn't doing that on purpose. But you know how uncomfortable that feels because you think something should be coming out of my mouth every time I stand here? Right. Or there should be some set order, and if it ain't that way, things are wrong. No, that's not true. You're wrong. And you've, you've built this, this, this structure that God never put there. Right. And structure's not wrong. It's good. But if Jesus wants to deviate from that, that that's got to be okay. It has to be. We don't make the rules up. We follow them. And he sets the rules. 
Uh, I was just trying to, like I said, I, I, I came in and this started coming to me. But so when Jesus stood up and he cried out, okay, you, you just think about all the people going by him. They're trying to be and get to the right place. They're in the right place, right? They're in the house of God. It is the last and great day of the feast. So where else do you want to be in that day except right there? So they've efforted to a certain degree to be in the position that God has required them and asked them and demanded that they be in. All of that's right. But none of that matters if you go to the right place and you don't have the right desire in your heart. All of that is invalid and of no benefit at all if you really are not doing it as an act of worship and faith. When, when it says that he cried out, and I, I, this is what I was looking for, I, I figured the word was going to say something like this, but in Greek it's called kradzo. In, in Hebrew, yeah, in Greek. And it says, <coughs> properly to croak as a raven or scream. So he wasn't just politely making a statement. He was in the middle of a multitude. Just think about Auburn or Alabama football game, okay? People going in and coming out at the beginning or at the end. That multitude of everybody trying to squeeze through the, the corridors and, and get out the tunnels. and Just think about that mass humanity moving, right? That's, that's what I see in my mind when I'm trying to imagine this situation. Everybody's busy trying to get in or get out. And Jesus is in the middle of that, and he just stops in the middle of this traffic. And he doesn't say, if anyone's thirsty, let him come. He goes, if anyone is thirsty, he screamed like a lunatic in the middle of the house of God. And offered to give a drink of life. There's no record of there being a response. Do you understand that? The, multi the multitude didn't stop. There's no show of mass salvation breaking out in a miracle healing service. Because they were in the right place doing the right thing, but they thought that was enough. And they could not even recognize that the very Son of God, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world, was in the midst of them personally, in the flesh, inviting them to come and get a drink of living water. Whew. Say that again. They were already feasting. They were satisfied with a less than. And when the real main course was there, they just weren't interested. Man, it's funny that Brother Daniel started off with the scriptures that he did, because now I'll go back to the funny story. Uh, we're sitting in my house, we're all just talking, and I don't even know how it came up. But I, I, I just remembered something, and I was like, you know, I, I remember being, in, and especially in my first 10 years in Mexico, where I, had, I told them I didn't have a lot of responsibility because they wouldn't really give me none because they were for sure I was going to tear it up. So they would send me over there where we didn't have anything and say, go over there and we'll see if God helps you <laughs> because you're going to break something. And they were right. 
Not a zeal, not very much understanding. And man, I'd be out there with Phineas or Moe or Amos or Dot and just walking, talking to people. They'd be drunk. They would be sick. They would be demon-possessed or they would just be sitting there and I would just stop and just, you know, try to tell them about Jesus, however that came out. And, you know, and I, I pretty much have a dialogue that when I'm in those situations, I, I say it. And it's not like I've got a, a thing. It's my testimony. And I just do it over and over and over again. And I'm an expert at giving my testimony. Because you overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the, the word of your testimony. But don't forget the third part, because that's the one that makes the other two work for you. That you don't love your own life unto death. And, and so... I would remember I would just be doing this hundreds and hundreds of times, sometimes a day, day after day. And every time it was, no, thank you, 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 no, thank you. And finally, I'd be like, well, I'm going to go to this village today, and I'm just tired of saying the same stupid thing. And so I would walk into the village, and they'd go, hey, uh, gringo, white guy, what are you doing here? I'm looking for somebody's thirsty. And they, they would look at you and be like, what? what, what? I said, I'm looking for somebody's thirsty. Are you thirsty? And they're like, no, no, I'm good. I'm like, well, you ain't him. And I just walk off. <laughs> That's probably not how you want to teach evangelism class. And I would go to a whole village doing that sometimes. Uh, and I never found that thirsty person that way, so I quit doing that. <laughs> sometimes attitudes are not right even when you're trying to do right, okay? <laughs> So when Brother Daniel got up here and started reading that, all of us who were at my house, we all looked at each other started laughing because we all started thinking about that story. But the, the scriptural basis of what I was saying was true. See, we're all in the house of God today for whatever reasons and motives that we got, we're here. And it's right to be here. But man, you got to make sure that in doing what you have always done, what is right, by expecting it to be the same was as it was the last day of the great, the last time you were in here for the last great day of the last feast, however I should say that right, that it has to be just like that, that you can't even notice that Jesus is standing right here saying, if you're thirsty, I'm right here. See, that's a danger in doing this over and over again we just have an expectation that it's going to look the same exact way every time and I'm telling you God is not going to allow it to be he will not be found that way every time this is a mystery the gospel is a mystery that he delights in revealing to you time and time again so that it doesn't become habit and it doesn't become old it doesn't become stale He's always trying to show himself to you in a new way and make you constantly be coming with the thought with, how is Jesus going to manifest today? But not just in church, in your life. Man, we should be living with a holy delight in, a, in, 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 in this, uh, this stirring, thinking he is going to show up in a different way today. Man, I've got to be looking for it. I've got to hear that voice that screams. And you, you think about him screaming, but then you think about people coming out of the tunnels at an Auburn, Alabama football game. You can't hear people scream. You basically got to let gunshots off. 
to get somebody's attention in the midst of that multitude and all the noise that goes with it. And we as sons and daughters of God, we've got to train our ears and our hearts and our eyes to be always attentive, always looking, always expecting to hear his voice in the middle of a roaring crowd. I always have tried to teach my children that no matter where they're at, they recognize my voice above every other voice. And sometimes that's been successful, sometimes it's not. But I've always tried to teach them that when they hear my voice, that trumps every other voice that they're hearing. And they better listen to that one. But God also wants us to live that way. Father wants us to know his voice above every other voice. That the minute he speaks in the middle of chaos or in the middle of a multitude of voices, we so know him and we so are... are, are, in, in tune with him that we instantly recognize that's God let me stop and hear what he's saying because instructions are coming there's an invitation to something coming and that's what we need to understand that his voice is an invitation his appearing in the midst of us is an invitation it's not another set of rules it's not more ordinances to keep. It is an opportunity and an invitation to be refreshed and blessed. But all he does is, give, is gives the invitation. We're responsible to respond. Sometimes we don't understand the way it comes. Sometimes we don't understand why it's that way or... or, or or, or the purpose behind it. And he absolutely doesn't care. He wants us to be, in, to be mature and in tune enough that we recognize it and we respond. And we surrender to it, trusting that my obedience to whatever he is saying will result in my refreshment. It will result in my good. In life, in life more abundantly. I can promise you I understand very little of what God asks me to do continually. But I have learned that when I obey, it's life and life more abundantly for Bo and all of Bo's house. So I care very little about understanding before I obey. I was talking with Brother Kyle this morning in my office praying and drinking coffee and stuff. And I'm just, we're talking about everything's going on. And I'm telling him, I really don't know what's happening. It's just happening. I don't know what to tell you what we're going to be doing when you come here, but we're going to be doing something <laughs> because it's happening. And I don't need to know. I don't need to know six months down the road. I don't need to know a year down the road. I don't need to have a 10-year plan, even though those are great to have and get them and do them. But that's not what I base my life off anymore. What I base my life off of is when I hear him, if anyone drinks, come. And when I hear that, I'm running. Because there's life in that invitation. In that cup he's trying to hand me, there's life. Let's go to uh, John chapter 13. You know, <coughs> thank you. I've done a lot of shouting and hollering. Not a lot of preaching, but I have shouted a lot this weekend. 
Thank you, Brother DJ. In John 13, Brother Kyle came up to me and, and said some, some of these things to me, and I thought that I was supposed to talk about it, so I'm going to. I said from the day I walked into this place in the position of apostolic authority in this house that God has marked this family for glory. I've said I've never said anything different. I've always told you that God is going to pour his spirit out in this house. I've never said anything different to you. I'm not going to change saying that. The only question that left that is left, that remains, is, is are you going to be a part of it or not? That's the only question, because it is coming. And you will either come and drink from that cup, or you will leave. But that's not my decision, and it's not God's. It's just yours. Because the invitation is for all of us to come and drink. In verse 1 it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil having already put it into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, you are washing my feet? And Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. And Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, If I don't wash your feet, you have no part with me. And Brother Kyle said that, and I went and just started reading over that. <coughs> that verse 7 grabbed my heart. What I am doing, you do not understand. Jesus didn't care that Peter did not understand. Peter was trying to allow his lack of understanding dictate to Jesus what he could do. Because he did not understand and couldn't rationalize it in his human mind. And look, me and Kyle was talking about this morning. God put that mind in him. He put the rational, logical mind in each one of us. So we don't get to belittle that or despise it. It aggravates me that God put that in me, and then he turns around and demands that I step over the logic that he gave me to believe in something that absolutely makes no sense to the mind he gave me. That ain't fair. I don't know if y'all figured this out yet. It ain't fair. But I don't make it not be so. And it is the rules. He 
expects you to hear his voice and for his voice, his whisper, to trump every other thing in your life. Even this. Even your, your logic. Even the high intelligence that you have. And he expects your lack of understanding not be allowed to say yes or no to what he's trying to do. See, this is where, this is where we get to what's happening in this family right here has happened so many times in so many places around us, in this generation and other generations, in this city, in this state, in this world. We get to this vision right here, and all of a sudden God's saying, now I'm going to ask you to step over things that have made sense to you and were right in other situations, but now I want you to do something different. And he's asking you to ignore your lack of understanding and step over into faith. And he will not make you make it. You will make the decision on your own accord or you will not. But these words that he spoke to Peter, when Peter told him, I don't understand what you're doing. This don't make no sense to me. You can't be washing my feet. And Jesus just as direct as the day is, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And what he's telling him is, you either let me do what I want, whether you understand or not, or you don't get to be a part of what's happening. And that's the end of it. Decide what you're going to do. I have made my decision in my life. I like to be smart. I like to know what's going to happen. I like to have a plan. I, I, even with the worship team this morning, I walked in. I said, just give me a starting point today. What are you going to do? We're going to float. No, give me a starting point. <laughs> At least one song. I got a line. And, but I wasn't mad with them because I had no idea what I was going to get up and talk about. So I figured I shouldn't probably show out on them since I really wasn't sure. But I said, At least give me a starting point, And then we'll do whatever it wants to be then. So I, I, I'm like that. I like to know we had people coming in this weekend. We had like over 60 people come in from other states. To be here. To worship God here with all of us. We had to have houses for people. We had to have meals planned. And I did hardly any of that. Rachel did all of that. She's my logic. She's my real brain like y'all saw. But I mean there's planning. You know it's not show up and the Holy Ghost is going to leave people where they're supposed to sleep. You know. It's not that either. There's a plan. And we're supposed to do our part. But our greatest part is hearing the voice of God. And when the invitation's given, is to respond. And to come and drink. And so when you get to this moment right here, Jesus at the end of this, he's got time with Jesus. Jesus the man. Three years by his side. Watching him minister and touch lives and heal and teach and love. Three years he's watched Jesus operate. Intimate relationship at the maximum level. As close in proximity as you can be and not be married. 
And Jesus starts doing something in three years he had never done. Do you understand that? Three years Peter never saw him do this. Three years he never touched that man's feet to wash them. Three years of walking side by side of him. He never did this before. And so when Peter saw what was happening, he said, no, we've never done it this way. Don't you just hate when the Bible points stuff out? And Jesus just told him, you don't know what I'm doing now, but just yield and obey. Put your feet here and I'll, I'll give you understanding in due time. You'll understand later. Right now, you better obey. And see, Jesus wants us to have understanding. He wants us to be a part of what he's doing. But the thing he desires more than anything is trust on our part. See, you can only walk with Father so far. It's always going to be in accordance with how much you trust him. See, it's, it's a trust thing. It's not you need to know. It's can you trust him with the unknown? Can you trust him when you don't know what's happening next? Can you trust him when your 10-year plan is put over there in the corner and you can see God's completely ignoring it? Can you trust him? Can you be so in tune with his voice and the love that he has for you that you can actually step into the unknown and be okay? Just following the voice into the darkness. See, we think God's after the byproduct of that, and he is not. He's not after revival. He's after you. He's not after filling up a church so we can say we had a big thing going on. He's after your heart being yielded to him in complete trust. That he can look at you, Philip, in the middle of a, a revival breaking out in a city that's never had the gospel where demons are getting cast out and people are being healed from diseases and sickness in Acts 8. He's, he's, he wants to know, will you hear my whisper in the middle of all of that that's going on and walk out into a desert and wait for one man? Do you think Philip understood what the world was going on? He's in the middle of revival. I don't even like that word. I, I don't use that word personally. To me, revival means you're actually living in relationship with Jesus in a way that produces reality. The reality of God in your life. It's not wrong and evil, the word. I just, I think we have the wrong understanding of it. But most times we don't understand so we use those words. Philip's in the middle of that, y'all. God is everywhere around him. Healing, salvations, great joys in the city because people are believing in his Jesus that he is talking about. And then God says, leave and go out there where there's nobody and stand in the road. God, that can't be right. That is not what I saw in Jerusalem. God was not interested in Philip understanding. He was, he was interested in that man obeying. One man's obedience, instead of touching a city, sent the gospel to a nation. 
Ethiopia is one, of the, is one of the oldest Christian nations on the planet. And you know who sent it there? The man who left the city burning with the word of God that he was speaking. To go stand in a road by himself to do something he had never seen before. That I can promise you that he did not understand why God was saying this to him. He just was so in tune and so trusted God's voice. Even after he had had his house taken from him, maybe been beaten, maybe had some of his family members killed, and had to flee Jerusalem for his life. You understand? That's how he left Jerusalem. And everywhere he went, the word of God was in his mouth saying, you need to believe in Jesus. Why? Why are you here? Well, I had to leave my house because they, they were going to throw me in jail and they, they burned my, my house down maybe and my family's in jail. So I had to leave because of Jesus. But you need to believe in him because he's awesome. That, that was his message. And there again, he's in the middle of something amazing and God just whispers. But his obedience sent the gospel to an entire people, an entire nation. You go to Paul and, and, and Saul, and he's sitting in this room, and he's blinded from an encounter with God. And then Jesus begins to speak to one of his, 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 his believers, and I think his name's Ananias, right? Yeah. And uh, tells him, go and lay your hands on this man. He's going to get filled with the Holy Ghost. He's going to get filled with the power of God, and he's going to be my witness to the nations. And that guy says, no way. That guy came here to kill me and put me in jail and everybody liked me. He did not understand what Jesus was asking him to do. I'm not saying that there's not moments where we have these, these collisions of logic and understanding and obedience to the whisper of God. I'm not saying, yes, they happen for all of us. It's not wrong that it's happening. It's wrong when we yield to the logic instead of the whisper of God and the invitation of the Lord. I have them just like everybody else. I have just made up my mind that when I know God is speaking to me, I am going to just do what he's asked me to do. And because Ananias finally yielded to the whisper of God, even though he did not understand, we got Paul. We got a man who went to the world with the gospel, who wrote the Bible that we now read. God's not interested in your understanding. Not in the way that you think he is. He, he wants that your understanding is based on the fact that he is good. And that his words are true and faithful. And that his heart for you is shalom, is peace, love, and prosperity, and blessing. That's the understanding that he wants us to have. Not the understanding that means we've got to question everything that he's saying because we've never seen it that way before. And we're going to decide if we're going to respond or not. So, that's a couple of things that came to me. And I'm going to walk the rest of this out for just a second. And I'm going to stop. It says right here in, in verse 8, Peter said to him, Jesus, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, if I do not wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon Peter said to me, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. 
And then Jesus said to him, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. I, I've spoke about this passage here before, but I, Peter's mindset, he didn't understand, he'd never seen this in all of his, his time walking with Jesus. But there's another dynamic, I believe, at play inside of Peter in this. So this is completely different about what I was talking about the first part. But the dynamic that's also at play in this moment is Peter... <coughs> He knew that the dirtiest part of his physical body was his feet. They walked in sandals in the dirt. I mean, that's just what it is. And Peter could not get his mind wrapped around the fact that, that Jesus, he, he was okay with Jesus kissing his cheek or maybe giving him a hug. But can how, how can Jesus, how can I expect him to touch the dirtiest part of me and not reject me. And see, I think Peter, because he walked in relationship with a certain degree with Jesus for these years, he actually thought that, you know, the, the, apparent, the, the part that was seen was good enough to be accepted by Jesus. But the part that Jesus couldn't see or normally wasn't looking at, the dirty part, he did not believe that Jesus would still love him and want him after he touched that and it was revealed to him. And it was a mindset that made Peter believe, I can only show you the part that I think is acceptable and everything I know that's not acceptable, I have to hide that from you because you are going to reject me if you see how dirty I really am. If you see where I'm not right yet. If you see where I haven't conquered and overcome. And I think Peter actually feared to show him the dirty part of who he was because he feared that Jesus would reject him. And once again, we're back to trust. He was not convinced in his heart that God's heart towards him, that Jesus' heart towards him was love. Unconditionally. As long as I follow you, leave things behind, and I obey you, and I serve in your ministry, and I fetch what you want fetched, and I get what you want gotten, as long as I do that, you'll receive me. But if you see where I am not winning yet, I won't have a place at this table anymore. You can't touch my dirty part. Do you understand? Jesus wants your dirty parts. Not so he can say, now I've got a reason to kick you off the table and get somebody else in your spot. See, that's what we think sometimes internally. And we walk in here with a facade thinking, i got to act like it's all this when I, it's not. And Jesus is telling you, if you don't let me have the dirty parts, I don't want any of you. I love you so much, I want all of you. Not to judge and condemn and have a reason to kick you out, but because he knows I am the one who has the ability to wash you clean. And the only thing that's keeping me from washing you clean is you trying to tell me no. It's not the devil. It's not the chains of hell. It's not addiction. It's you saying, here's my feet. Wash them. Here I am wash me 
and trusting that all he wants is to take it and lovingly wash it and make it like it's brand new, like the day it was created. So it's, it's trust. You know, Jesus is not wanting field workers. He's not wanting people to serve in the ministry. He's not after somebody to carry his mandates to the world. He's after sons and daughters who will actually live in trust with him. And so you see this in, 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 in two different levels right here with Peter. One, we're not going to let you do something that we've never seen you do before because we don't understand. Two, I don't want you to think I still got dirty parts. But how are you going to not have dirty parts if you don't give it to him? You will always stay dirty. And that's why religion has kept people in chains and filthy their entire life in church. Loving Jesus but never free. Because you've been taught to come in here and act like there's nothing wrong. And I don't need you to come to me and tell me something's wrong. I need you to learn to trust Jesus that by bearing in all to him, he actually is going to make you free. I, I've told my kids and other people times, I don't have an image to protect. I don't care what you think about me. I care that you think rightly about me or I give you the right reasons to think well about me. But I, don't have, I have nothing in me that thinks I have to present a certain image to you. There's nothing in me that cares about impressing you or making you think my life is a certain way when it is not. Zero, zero, zero care. My home's open. My family's open. I don't muzzle my children. I don't muzzle my wife. I don't muzzle me. People that are in my life who want to be in my life, they have access to my life. On every level. And they see the good and the bad. Because I, I refuse to have an image that I have to present to you because I'm standing right here doing this. That's a lie. I want Jesus to see me all. And if I can be that way with Jesus, I can be that way with you. And what that does is produce freedom for me. Because when I find the dirty parts, I can hand it to him because I know he's going to wash it not reject me and so I want us all to understand that we have to yield our feet up to him we have to give the dirty parts of our life to him we have to trust him and what we're doing here is a family but we can't trust him here with what we're doing as a family if we can't trust him in our own hearts with our own life how are we going to do that if we can't do this there is a foundation that must be built in the heart of each man and woman, and it has to be built on. And what happens here has to happen here first. I am not interested in doing it fast. I will go the long path because I know Jesus' way is sure and true. And I want us to learn how to trust him. I want us to learn to be sensitive to his voice in the midst of chaos in this world. I don't ever want the words coming out of our mouth corporately or individually. I don't know what you're doing, so we ain't doing that. We were in here yesterday, and, and Miss Jen started talking about taking authority and pulling it down from heaven. You know, and she was like, y'all, come on, pull it down, pull it down, you know. Doing one of those it was, See, I already believe that in my heart. 
I've believed that for a lot of years. I, I believe that. Y'all know I believe that. So I don't feel like I need to be doing this because I am already there in my heart and I live my life that way. And it was like, oh gosh, I really don't want to do this because I already believe this, Jim. <laughs> but she really wasn't talking to me. And I felt that kind of irritation in me just because I didn't feel like, you know, doing that. And, but then I felt irritation and rejection in the room in certain places. I mean, I didn't get no highlight of people, but I felt it. And they weren't, and the rejection that I was feeling, not because they were already there, it's because they really didn't believe what was being said, and they didn't believe that that authority was available, and they didn't, it's not that they were rejecting this and the weirdness of that, it was that they were actually rejecting what she was trying to declare and establish in the hearts. And so I got up and, and, and spoke to that. Because we have this, this ridiculous system that we've made called Christianity. And so I, I begin to say, you know, it's funny that we want to reject that this is not possible and there's no, there's no fruit in that and there's no reason and it's not scriptural. And we act like doing something like this as a show of faith that we believe it in our hearts is, is weird and it's out of line. But we have no problem with getting into a baptism pool of water thinking that I'm going in dirty and coming out clean. We have no problem believing some of us if I'm sick I should call for the elders and let them put some oil on my forehead and I'm going to get healed. We have no problem believing that I can look at somebody who's demon possessed and say in the name of Jesus come out devil and that's what's supposed to happen. It's like, we won't reject that, but all of a sudden we, we've set a limit that I'm all right with this degree of weirdness and this, this degree of just ridiculous faith, but I can't apply it over here. This is as far as I'm going. And I'm going to tell you, I don't think the whole thing of Christianity is stupid to the human mind. It's absolutely absurd. Believing that there was a man born of a virgin is absolutely dumb to the human mind. It is the most ridiculous statement that starts the gospel off. Do you realize what you have to believe to be sitting in this room and say, I, love, I believe in Jesus? Do you know how absurd and ridiculous that is to the mind? And I don't care if that makes you mad that I'm saying it. Can you not see how absurd that is? It's against every natural law that God has established. But you know what he says? Step over it and believe or you can have no part of it. I mean, this whole thing starts in Ridiculousville. I remember as a brand new believer driving my car in Montgomery, somewhere around here, working. And, you know, I'm, I've been saved like a week. And I had a supernatural encounter with God. Some of y'all know that. You know, so I'm like in there. I'm believing. But I remember I'm reading my Bible and I'm doing different things. I remember pulling my car over on the side of the road saying, okay, if this is real, you know, because a week before you know, to, if this is real, then it all's got to be real. I remember at that point of four, five, six days, wherever it was, walking with Jesus, pulling over and having to make a decision. If it's real, then it's real. If it's real, it's real. <laughs> because the whole thing sounded like Looney Tunes. 
But I couldn't deny what was happening inside of me. I couldn't deny what I heard and what I saw. I couldn't deny what I was feeling. I couldn't deny what was, what was being changed in my life. So it was real. And I had to make a decision right there. Then let's just go all the way to faith. Or let's just not even start this trip. And, you know, and that's not that I haven't had struggles and had not believed when I should have believed. That, you know, that goes without saying, y'all. But it always has to get back to the point where this is either real or it's not. The most miserable people I know are the people who start in great faith and believing that there was somebody born of a virgin and that he actually died on a cross and that the blood that poured out there cleanses... They go from believing something as supernatural as that to, all right, I'm putting the limit where I'm going, and I'm stopping right here. And they just refuse to let Jesus tell them, you don't understand right now, but you will in a minute. Hush, and let me wash your feet. I, I, I say all the time, and I've said it here, you know, the most dangerous place to play is in the middle of the highway. Because you're going to get hit from both sides. You might as well just pick one side and go there. Don't try to stay in the middle. Me, me, me. And we finally went to bed last night. We got in the room. Me and Rachel were just laying there. And I'm looking at my phone. And this video comes up with this guy doing, you know, getting out of the car and doing this dance, you know. You know, most of you kids all know that deal. And he's sitting there doing his dance, you know. In the middle of the road, jumps out the car door, you know, and he's doing his dance. And next thing you know, bam, he just gets run over. I mean, run over in the middle of dancing. He was in the middle of the road. His car was going this way, or this car was going this way. I showed up to Rachel. She about had a heart attack laughing so hard. Like, she's, Kyle asked me this morning, was Miss Rachel okay? She started having a coughing fit or something, you know. Because I had just said that recently. We, 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 don't, we shouldn't be in the middle. We need God to help us. We need the Holy Ghost to come and stir us up and make us hungry and thirsty for Jesus. Because he's inviting us right now. And since I've been here, he's been inviting. He's saying, I'm holding the cup and I'm standing right in the middle of you. Everything you need, I have right here. It's not right here. It's not right there. It's like he's standing right here in a way that you have to walk by going in and coming out. And he's saying, if you will just stop and listen, I'll give you something to drink that will change your life forever. And so we need to do that as a family, as individuals. We need to begin to trust. We need to believe that no matter what you've come in here with and no matter how many days you've walked through them doors, there's nothing you should be hiding from him. Do you understand that his love is so great that he refuses to take part of you? He wants it all or he don't want any. And if you can't believe that he loves you that much, you really can't begin this journey. And we need to believe and surrender and begin to really trust his love for us. And just give all of ourselves to him with no reservations. I don't want to hide any. Who wants a God that you got to hide from? Who wants a God that you have to live in fear of that he's fishing to strike you down if you break one rule and you can't get it all right? 
That's not the life that he's offered us, and that's not the life he lived for us. He lived a life that says, I loved you to the maximum. I held nothing back. I know you're walking out the door, Judas, to turn me in. You're full of the devil, but you know what? You're going to know that when you do that, I loved you just like I loved Peter. You're going to go out there and you're going to betray me for the money and you're going to turn me over because you're not satisfied with walking with me. But you're going to know that as you're getting that money put in your hand, I loved you and washed your feet just like the one who lays his head on my chest. And that your decision was not based on my rejection. It was based on your rejection of me. Oh! See, that's the Jesus I know, and that's the Jesus we all have to live with and trust in. That he's not basing his love off of you of how much you got right this week. His love for us never ebbs or waves. It's always the same. Even when we make our decision to walk out the door and turn him over to hell. Wash your feet as you go. And you're going to show up with love dripping all over you. And you're going to have to on purpose flip it off to give him to hell. You need to let him just wash you. I don't understand. I don't know where it goes. Neither do I. Come on in. I ain't never did this before. It doesn't matter. You'll understand in a minute. Don't let your understanding dictate the level and the, and, the, and the point of love that Jesus is trying to take you to. Surrender to him. Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this family. Thank you for the yes in our mouths and our hearts. Thank you, Father. Teach us how to trust you. Teach us how to trust you above all things. Teach us how to rejoice in not knowing. Teach us how to, to walk in celebration of not knowing where you're taking us. Teach us how to, to celebrate the fact that you're asking us to do something new and different. Different than anything we've ever done before and we've never seen you do before. Teach us how to know your voice to such a degree that we just know you've, that you have spoken. It's our delight to do your will. It's our delight to surrender to you. Let it be counted for joy for us, God, when we do what you ask, even when we have no idea what we're doing or why we're doing it. And if we never see it and we never get the understanding, it doesn't matter. Let us just celebrate our, our obedience to you and your goodness to us. Jesus, wash us, make us clean. God, I don't want to hide anything behind my back. I don't want to try to hide my feet under the table from you. I don't want to act like everything's clean. I don't want to tell you to look up here when where I need you to really look is down there. I trust you that you want me, Jesus. That you want all of me. I trust you that you're coming to me with a cloth drip, drip, draped around your loins and you've got the rag and the water in your hand. I trust that you're coming to wash me and make me clean and to refresh me and to set me free. That you're coming on a mission, Jesus. I yield myself up to you, Jesus, this morning. 
Wash all of me. Wash my mind. Wash my lips. Wash my tongue, God. Wash my hands and my feet. Make my heart new today, God. Take it all. Let your glory begin to flow into me, God, and be a light to this generation. Let your glory begin to flow into my, my brothers and sisters in this place. Let us learn how to trust you together. Let us rejoice in the unknown, Father. Teach us how to delight in your whispers. Come on, Jesus. If you want prayer, if you need prayer, you're welcome to come up front. We'll pray with you. We need to learn how to trust. Because it all comes down to trust. It just all comes to trust. It's not about knowing or understanding. It all comes down. Is he really that good? Can God really be that good? Can he really be that good of a father to me when I'm still so dirty? Can he really be that good? Can I trust him? Can I trust him not to reject me like everybody else has rejected me? Can I trust him to really wash me and make me whole? Can I trust him to take me like I am and to change me into like he is? Can I trust him to love me when I haven't loved him back? Can I trust him to do that? If you're sick and need healing in your body, come and we're going to pray for you. If you want God to touch you, you want prayer, y'all come this morning. Jesus bless you. May the glory of the Lord overtake you in the way. That your hearts would tremble tonight when you lay on your beds. That the presence of God would fill your rooms and your cars. That he, he would step into your dreams tonight. He'd override your carnal mind and just invade your dreams. That you'd hear his whisper so loud, you'd think he's standing in your eardrum. That you would feel a touch so warming, so loving, that it'd just make you melt and cry like a baby. That the fragrance of who he is would fill your room to the point you get up and start opening doors to try to find him. That you'd see his shadows as he walks through the room where you're at. That he would show you things to come and mysteries that he's held since eternity. That he would reveal them to you when he's never revealed them to anybody else. That he could become so real to you that everything else seems like a dream in a fog. That you, Holy Ghost, would make it easy for them to walk with you. That they would exude the very essence of God everywhere they go. That their faces would light up and shine like Moses coming down off the mountain.
that it would be their delight to turn and wash the feet of other people like theirs have been washed. I love you, Jesus. Who has loved me like you have loved me? Who has come to me like you have come to me, Jesus? Who lifts my heart up like you lift my heart up? Who gives me hope like you give me hope? I love you, Jesus. Oh, Holy Ghost, help me to love you more. Make my heart so hungry. Make me so thirsty for Jesus, Holy Ghost. Oh, Jesus, I want to be thirsty for you. I want to know you, Jesus. I want to know all of you. Take me into that, that bridal chamber and shut the door. Reveal yourself to me, Jesus. Jesus, you're so wonderful. You're so precious. You are so kind. Thank you for just being patient with me. Thank you for just loving me. trust you with the breath that I take in and put out. I want to trust you. I don't want there to be any area of my life off limits to you. I want to trust you. I want to trust you. You have earned my trust. Because you have never lied to me. You have never failed me. Never abandoned me. You have never left me. You've never rejected me. You've never turned me away because of the dirty parts. I love you, Jesus. <laughs> I love you.
to know who he is and who he wants to be in your life. And that just takes you with a little bit of obedience to step out and just say, I'm going to come talk to someone because I can't do this anymore. I don't want to walk it anymore. I don't want to walk this lifestyle anymore. But it's time for change. It's time for something different. And you can have that when you surrender to him. So we'll invite you up for that. Other than that, I'll just ask everybody to please stand to your feet and get ready to close out. We serve an amazing, amazing God. And he loves us. You know, part of our worship here at Destiny, we worship him not only with our mouth, but we do worship him with our finances. Usher set up by the door, so if you want to give today, if God's put that on your heart to, to give, and uh, man, I just ask you, you can give on the way out the door. You can give online every way. There's ways to give up on the screen. You know, that's a that's another way to trust Him. That's all that is. It's another way to trust Him, and unfortunately, it's the hardest way for some of us because money seems to be the one thing that we hang on to the tightest. And we say, well. I'm letting you know right now, I'm not going to guilt you into giving. We don't need your money. It's not ours. It's God's. So you're giving, you're not giving to a church, you're giving through a church. I'll never twist somebody's arm. If you feel like giving this morning, that's where you can give. You can give at the door. If you can't give with a cheerful heart, don't give because I don't want money that's, that's not been given with a cheerful heart. So you don't, I'm just let you know that. You're going to be bitter about it. Keep it. <laughs> this is why they don't let me receive offerings have other people do it because I'm like, hey, it ain't about that. So, I just want to, I want to pray over that offering this morning though. I want to pray over that because what you do give is, is goes way beyond this church. It goes way beyond what we, what we do just in here. We reach the community. We do amazing things with that. We get to reach people all across the world because you faithfully give. So I thank you. Those that are just they, they give all the time and it's just that I thank you for that because we can't do what we do not only on a Sunday but on a Friday on a Saturday throughout the week we can't do it without you um, so I thank you for that I thank you for that so let's just surrender to God and we'll close out for today so Father we thank you Lord we love you uh, we're just so thankful for your presence in our life your presence in this place Father we receive the word today Father we pray that it doesn't doesn't just drop off our ears and off our bodies, Father God, that we keep it in our heart, Father God, that we receive it this morning. And Father, right now, we lift up to you this offering. We want to bless the offering this morning, Father. Father, we ask you to bless the gift and the giver this morning. Lord, we just surrender it all to you. We know you're going to have your way with that, Father God, in your kingdom as you see fit, Father. So, so we thank you for that, Lord. We bless everybody this morning. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said... Amen. The prayer partners will be up here. Come on, let's give it up today. What a phenomenal day. We thank you, Lord. We look forward to seeing everybody next week. If you need prayer, we're up here. We love you guys. God bless.